Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hidden Voices, a chance to chat with those in our industry who might have felt singled out, oppressed, maybe even misunderstood. We're going to hear their side of the story, working and living in motorsport. My name is Claire Cottingham and this week I'm joined by two members of quite a diverse company called Spacesuit Media. Uh, well, Ross Ringham, who's the director and photographer and creative Lou Johnson, both join me on the line. The whole company say they pride themselves on being drawn from all sorts of backgrounds and walks of life. Ross, Lou, welcome. Hello. Lovely to have you both on board and, and chatting with us today. Lou, let's start with you. Uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, hi, uh, thank you for having me. Um, so I'm a photographer um, and I've been working in motorsport for about three years now. Um, and I think I've always sort of wanted to work in motorsport and always sort of wanted to work in photography. And it wasn't until I was about 15 that I sort of put the dream together, if you like. So kind of did the the sort of thing that you kind of told to do at school. So, right, I will study those subjects and I will go to university. So I went to university and studied photography. Um, and sort of fell into um, event photography and my other passion, which is theatre photography, um, which kind of all informed everything. And then um, while working in event photography, um, I got uh, a call, I think it was a call, <laughs> from Ross uh, at Spacesuit asking if I could come and help with some event photography. He'd seen some of the um, the shots I'd taken at motorsport events um, because I was always going as a fan to motorsport events, kind of Goodwood Festival of Speed, the British Grand Prix. At this point, I'd gone to Australia. <laughs> I'd met some people, some friends of mine uh, in Australia and gone to the Australian Grand Prix. Um, I lived and breathed motorsport. It's kind of my passion. Um, and I went to do some Formula E races um, as part of like the event team um, to fulfil a contract there. And, uh, and we all kind of got on and um, and then uh, got a call a little bit later on when there was a, an opening um, in the kind of more trackside element of the team. And um, I have been annoying Ross ever since, basically. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't say that. I'm sure that's not true. He would. <laughs> more, more the other way around, I think. <laughs> well, Ross, talk me, talk me through, uh, you know, where, where you got this this idea for, for the company um, and how you've been sort of, I mean, on the website, it states you pride yourselves in in drawing everyone from different sorts of backgrounds and walks of life. Where does that sort of passion to make sure that it's very inclusive come from? Can I just go back a step and just say, I still remember seeing the first image of Luz that's, that it's been seared into my brain. It was a portrait that she got of Jensen Button. I think it was at Silverstone. <laughs> And it was that photo that made me pick up the phone to her and just say, I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. And I just said, look, we at Spacesuit, we uh, have a reputation for taking pictures of people, making people look just as good as cars. And that's what our clients really like. And that's the basis that we start with, with all our photographers, that we we need to see that um, that human connection through the through the camera lens and I could just see it in that one shot and I, I still remember that picture and um and yeah Lou's been with us every every uh, ever since 
and is now part of the senior leadership team and a shareholder in the company. So it's it's amazing what you can do when you go out and pursue your passion before or whether or not you're getting paid for it. If you really enjoy what you're doing uh, and you've got that creative spark, then I think Lou is a, a, a brilliant example of just go and do it and who knows what will happen. Mo- the mo- motorsport world moves so fast that it might look like an impossibility from your position or background to get into it but do what you enjoy doing do what you love doing and um, and who knows you might be you might end up being paid to do it uh, full time and um and who knows you might end up with uh, this is probably not selling it actually but with working alongside me and the rest of the <laughs> team but um, <laughs> that's up to individuals to decide whether that's uh, an encouragement or discouragement um to answer your question uh we we the honest answer is we kind of fell into spacesuit. Uh, it wasn't an intentional thing to create um, a motorsport photography company. My background's actually in writing um, and in uh, sort of editing and uh, creating magazines. And I started writing about a, a little tiny, unknown, brand new motorsport seven years ago, which is called Formula E, that no one had ever heard of. There were no drivers. There were no teams. There were no races. There were no race cars. There were just a series of press releases about some of the technical partners. And I just thought, this looks fascinating. Uh, might go somewhere. Let's find some more information about it. No one else was writing about it, so I so I did. Uh, and through that, um, I needed to bring some photographers along to some of the events I'd been invited to, and I'd seen some of uh, Shiv Gohill's work on social media. So he's our sort of artistic director and co-founder of the company uh, with me. And um, he'd been out to Spain to shoot some F1 testing again sort of more as a hobby really for a, for a sort of a, a small website and I'd seen those shots and thought they were brilliant so I invited him along uh, to come and do some stuff and again I, I remember the conversation I said to him look you know I've been invited to this opening event it was at Donington Park in the UK uh, spring 2014 I said there's no money involved you know it's a passion project for me but come up there are going to be people like uh, Alain Prost there. So at the very least, Shiv's an absolute um, motorsport diehard enthusiast, particularly F1. So I said, look, at the very least, you'll get a chance to meet some cool people and they'll see your photos. So why don't we do it? So he said, yeah. So I picked him up. It was a three hour drive from where we were living. He lived around the corner from me, actually, in, in Kent. It was a three, three and a half hour drive to get up to Donington. He promptly fell asleep. So I spent three and a half hours driving up to Donington by myself, <laughs> just me and the radio. And I thought, I thought, where, all right, where is this relationship going to go then? Uh, and, um, and he was that work- fascinated by your conversation. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I, know. I know. Well, yeah, it's, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't argue with that. Uh, and, uh, but That's we'd be the working- way to sell the podcast, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't listen on, he's dull. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, or, or alternatively, turn this on every evening if you're an insomniac. Yeah, if you your were... babies can't sleep, don't worry, we've got you sorted. Meditation tape right here. <laughs> You'll never get a better night's sleep. <laughs> uh, but that that's kind of just, that's how we started off. And um, we, so Shiv and I are both from varied backgrounds anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm mixed heritage. Uh, my dad's from the Caribbean, little island called Grenada, which actually is the same island that Lewis Hamilton, uh, his um, dad's dad and dad's side of the family comes from. Uh, my granddad used to tell me that, uh, that Lewis and I were definite re- 
definitely related uh, <laughs> through some some convoluted means. It was not something I've ever really Are decided you? to follow up. No, well, right, who, okay. Who, I mean... who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the island the <laughs> island that we that we come from, Grenada, is is tiny. And you go back sort of three, four generations, uh, there weren't that many people on the island. So the likelihood that everyone was related is fairly strong. Um, so uh, so who knows? Who knows? But uh, but um, it's funny because my family parallels his in, in or my life is sort of paralleled his in some ways. Uh, so our, our dads are both sons of the Windrush generation, both grown up um, here in the UK Um uh, mums, I believe, are both. Well, my mum's actually half English and half Irish, so I'm a complete and utter mixture. Um, and then I grew up. I spent the first ten years of my life uh, living in Saudi Arabia, so I've sort of been all over the place. Um, but then Shiv, uh, as well. I mean, Shiv's you know born and bred here, but his family is um, uh, from uh, from Asia, from India. Um, so. I think just right at the genesis of the project that became Spacesuit, we you had these two sort of motorsport outsiders. I was fascinated by the technology and the stories. Shiv was mm. fascinated by the racing and the drivers and and uh, the sort of the soap opera. And uh, but we were coming from outside the establishment, if you like, and with that perspective and with the the experiences that we that we brought from our kind of mixed uh, backgrounds and heritages and sort of growing up here, combining that with uh, kind of cult, uh, family cultures. Uh, I think that just gave us a different approach uh, to doing things. Certainly, I know from my side, I've been brought up with a, a cast iron work ethic that came from my granddad. When he came over as part of the Windrush generation, he worked three jobs, day job, night job, weekend job for 30 years <laughs> to bring up his family. Um, and my dad's got the same work ethic. I mean, he's nearly 70 and he still works three days a week lecturing at a university. Um, and I've just been brought up with the same the same thing. So uh, and that came that comes out in in space. It's approach to the media center. So we, we the first uh, year or two that we were at work in Formula E, we sort of got laughed at a bit by some of the more established photographers because we would get to the track massively early uh, on, you know, as soon as we could get in. Shiv wanted to go and scout all the best locations. I wanted to see the setup and see who was coming in and catch people to talk to. And then we'd still be there well after everyone else had gone. Um, and in fact, we'd sort of had the media team sort of saying to us, we need to turn the lights off. Why are you still here? <laughs> yeah. But we just, we wanted to stay there and make sure that the work we'd done for the day was good and that our clients were happy. Um, and we just... So we weren't afraid to put in the hard hours, but we just loved what we were doing. And, you know, we weren't being paid a huge amount in those early days. Well, the early days, we weren't being paid anything at all. Um, but we just we just loved what we were doing. And I think we it's a very long answer to your question, but but essentially we, we sort of come from, you know, different backgrounds. And we then just recognized that actually when we were adding to the team, we also wanted people who could bring a different, a fresh perspective. We didn't want people who'd done the same thing time after time and we the company grew in formula e and in those early days of formula e people across motorsport kind of sneered at it and laughed at it and um 
we saw photographers that we really respected. But these photographers that we'd never met, but we'd seen their F1 work or their WEC mm. uh, work, and you know, and they they would, and and some of the journalists as well. And we were so excited to meet them when they when they would turn up every now and again to a Formula E race. As, as some of the events got bigger, or the sponsors got bigger, or the teams got bigger, and some of these photographers and writers would come, and um, and more than once we were left quite disappointed because they didn't have a very high opinion of what they had, what they were seeing and they sort of didn't get what was going on. They, they didn't have the same love for it that we did. And so we just thought, okay, well, as we grow the company, we want people who are going to be as passionate about the opportunities um, that, that we've had um, that they are also going to have and who are going to genuinely love being here and, and don't just want to turn up and get paid and go away again. Uh, and that's I think that stayed with us um, all the way through. So, you know, even up till this year, just in the midst of, uh, you know, the coronavirus, um, the, the pandemic, and that's obviously had a massive impact on motorsport. But we're still taking on new and emerging photographers. We've we've added two to our academy program this year, both out in the US. Um, and we just love that, um, that energy and that excitement um, that uh, that new blood can bring new perspectives can bring and it keeps us fresh it keeps us on our toes uh, it keeps us looking at, at sort of new directions um, and I think it makes us a lot more vibrant and uh, and it keeps us relevant as well we, we never get stuck in any sort of rut because we've got too many different perspectives and too many styles and and some very strong voices as well um, Lou, Lou being one of those um, that you know it, it keeps us all <laughs> I think you'd agree with that, Luke. It keeps us pointing in in a good I speak direction. Up when I need to speak up regarding <laughs> issues that well, need to be addressed, <laughs> I mean that's an interesting one, Lou, because being a female within the industry can come with its own um, issues and hurdles to overcome. Um, and I don't think it's unfair to to look at it that way as a female that has been in the industry for for a couple of years now. Um, for, for yourself, when you were first getting in, was there that sort of um, view of of heroes that you could look at and go actually this is something I could do this is something that that I'm actually going to aim towards like I'm going to be trackside and this will be me or did you find it quite an alienating place to try and get into um I think it's a it's always a good question and it's something I get asked uh, quite a bit as kind of you know how do we how do we kind of present those role models and did you did you need one or anything and and I sort of I think my first memories of motorsport are always visual like I was sat down like when my dad um would look after me on like a Sunday or something like mum would do the washing or something and I would get plonked next to my dad we'd have some lunch and we'd watch the Formula One um and I don't really really remember much about it at all I just remember the kind of the visual elements of it I remember I can almost remember Monaco exactly from kind of like 1993 that sort of kind of time I can't remember who was driving I think I laughed at one point when I was young because there was a racing driver called Berger like that was funny when I was little oh, that's great. <laughs> like, and it was sort of kept me interested and um I was always sort of like I, I, I love the sound of the cars and the look of the cars and there's this one shot I don't think they do it anymore um where this sort of the cars come like the F1 cars come over the brow of a hill and they f pull the focus through heat haze. And that just stuck with me for years. Like that was my lasting memory of, of Formula One and motorsport and sort of I kind of got on with my life as a, as a young girl or whatever and then started to get back into motorsport and, and photography. And, and 
because I was doing photography at A-levels and GCSE and, and I was always looking for kind of, you know, let, let's have a look at kind of aspiring well, the people out there who I can really kind of look at their work and and say I want to do that. And there weren't actually many um, many people that you could, I mean, it's early days of the internet-ish, like, because it was a bit more difficult, but I would get like F1 Racing magazine and I would pull out all of the photo um sections like I have a sketchbook I found it the other day where I I literally scrapbooked everything all of these amazing images kind of what would teams want like there was a a great photographer for Honda in 2008 and I like had all of his work um and and I started to think kind of like are there any sorts of male names here and I started to really kind of search for a woman um and actually there was only one that I could find um and her name was Emily Davenport she's an amazing photographer I don't know whether she's still working I've, I've looked for some of her stuff um, before and I reached out to her just before I went to an A level like my um my university first interview and I was so scared and I reached out to her and she she replied and she gave me some really kind of like positive like keep chasing your dreams keep 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 doing this you know you don't have to be a man to be in motorsport and I think I just sort of I never really thought I wouldn't do it because I was a woman like that that sort of didn't hit me but I didn't sort of feel encouraged it's that sort of thing where you 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 almost need to see a woman doing the thing to kind of go, yes, I can do that. Like the, the kind of the impact of having really mainstream kind of female superheroes is, is incredible. And it's something I feel really passionate about just having those role models that people can see, you know, if we make it accessible there, there have been women who have been engineers for a while now, but we've only just started talking about them and kind of highlighting them. And then all of a sudden you get people kind of saying, Oh, I could do that too. And you realise that it's from such a young age. So, yeah, I think I don't. I th- I think it's never really felt like a. I think I I felt like I couldn't do, but it it sort of felt a bit daunting, kind of coming into kind of this big man's world or whatever. And actually, when you get there, it's a lot of women. And actually, I've never had any sexism kind of told. Like no one's ever said to me, "You can't do this because you're a woman." I don't know if they have, and I haven't listened. I don't know because <laughs> I'm going to do it. Like I'm following my dream. It's the thing I've wanted to do for so long um, that like I always get kind of goosebumps when I walk to the track, um, even on like a Wednesday or something. I'll turn up if I'm in the city. I love turning up just like randomly, like when kind of it's all the building site, and I just see them unboxing the cars. Like that to me is still part of the story. And um and the kind of media is only really meant to turn up on a Thursday, but I'll kind of find my way in with it, with some access and just kind of be like, oh yeah, like hi everybody, like it's part of the family and part of the story. So I think I I probably not not always felt that I've been encouraged, but I haven't really felt like it's been a barrier. If that makes sense. Yeah. Have you come up against any challenges? within your career I mean I know that you said that you haven't you haven't um experienced any direct sexism um but but there is there's always that sort of yeah under the surface thing isn't there yeah I think the biggest boundary has probably been my own self-confidence and my own sort of like oh you know I'm I'm not a size eight model like I'm not but is that is that because you've been conditioned to feel that way I find that very interesting that straight away like for your job like if you were a man would would you feel that way I I don't know I'm not a man so I can't answer that but but you know has that self-confidence in in the industry that you've not picked up on like you don't have it because I get that a lot when people are like 
they offer me a job and I go, oh, well, I, I don't know anything about that sport. And I think, God, why have I, why have I talked myself out of it before I've even done it? So I, I, does it, become, does it come down to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've had, I've had moments where I've sort of been like, oh, well, you know, I can't, I can't do that because, you know, someone more senior should do that. Or, you know, that's not my responsibility, like not my job, like not my responsibility, but like, I don't have the, I don't have the experience or I don't have, you know, I haven't really seen anyone sort of do that. Like, and I, I really feel like there's a, that I'm getting better at it now as kind of, as I've been um, in motorsport a bit longer and doing my job. And I think confidence comes from kind of time and experience as well. But there was a point, I, I remember coming into the paddock, the first, the first race that I did in Paris season two, a long time ago now. Um, and I walked in and I was doing some shots for the team that I now I'm working with a lot um, and feel very comfortable with. I walked into their garage and and kind of Ross had introduced me and I was like, okay, I can do this. I can take some shots of the mechanics. And I was so terrified that their, their, their then PR kind of came up to me and she kind of made a joke and she said, oh no, you can't take pictures of those tires. Like it's, it's confidential information. You can't do that. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like I was terrified. Like I've never been so scared. And she then went to me, right, that's the worst that can happen. You're all good now. Like, don't worry. Like, please feel free. Please go and have some water, you know, come have a chat to everyone. You're part of the family. Um, and I'm so pleased that happened because I think that sort of made me kind of go, oh, okay. Like, because I had seen, so you know, some of the other guys, I'd seen all of their work before. I'd seen everything that they've been doing. And I just, I think I am very good at talking myself out of things. Like, oh, I, I've never done that before. And I know that this person, whether they be a man or a female, they've done that before. And and also similar things like I hate having my photo taken. I absolutely hate it. You can probably count how many professional headshots I have of myself. On <laughs> Like Ross is always telling me I need more shots of you working. And I hate it because <laughs> I know like there's a, as part of my job, I'm kind of, there's always this thing people kind of go, oh, you're doing an event, for example. Let's have all the pretty people. Take pictures of the pretty people. And it's like, well, actually, I want to take pictures of the people who really want to be there. Like, I, I don't really care what your definition of beautiful is because my definition of beautiful might be different and I'm not about that like I'm about showing the personality because I think that's what real beauty is and people's real passion and I think that that's sort of been conditioned into me because I sort of I then have really bad confidence issues and there are points where I'm like oh I don't god I feel like I'm gonna look awful or people you know people might not accept me as a woman in motorsport because I'm not as pretty as this person and and I know that they won't like I can sit and have a really rational conversation away from the track and or just away from anywhere from any like working at all but they'll always sort of be in the back of my head of like maybe they won't talk to me maybe they won't regard me as a good photographer because of this that and the other like they won't they absolutely won't people aren't necessarily like that but I think it's just a lot of my own insecurities and it's also the things that we grow up with like that's why um kind of having show girls or kind of grid girls and stuff can be quite damaging it, it can also not be and I'm and I'm very much involved like very much feel very passionate about people doing what they want to do so if you want to be a grid girl go be a grid girl that's amazing but that doesn't stop me feeling a bit kind of awful because I don't look like that or because you know I don't want kids to feel like they have to look like that to be in motorsport I want them to know that they can do that if that's the thing that they can do but they also can go and be an amazing engineer who works for whatever they want to do or they can go and be a tire engineer or a photographer or a videographer or whatever they want to do like it's just about making sure that everyone knows that every opportunity is for them 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think with the grid, with the, no, I don't know. I just think with the, with the grid girl argument, there's also that, that argument where, um, women weren't shown as the engineers and the photographers and, and whatnot within the paddock because they were being paraded as these women, these beautiful models that, and that was, that was, (laughs) that was our only use, um, which is, Obviously not true. Uh, Ross, does it does it shock you to sort of hear that somebody like Lou could have such, not a lack of confidence, because I don't mean it like that, but almost have to talk herself into knowing that she, she can do this job? Is it, is it, have you heard that before or is it is this sort of new from from, from Lou? No, it, it's something, one of the wonderful things about the job that I have is being able to help and see photographers grow in confidence in in themselves and in their own abilities and when it comes to photography it's not like a normal job that you sort of turn up and um i've got to be careful what i say because i don't mean to talk down anyone's job but it's (laughs) you don't turn up at an office and fill in a few you know bits and pieces and get paid and go away again it's your heart and your soul comes across in in your photography your emotions how you're feeling on the day and photography this type of photography the type of photography that we create that Lou creates is art it's it's not we we do um supply editorial outlets and you know the race is one of our really valuable partners but it is art and like all art it's really tied up with how the person kind of is feeling at the time and what's been amazing to see is how Lou how Lou started off three or four years ago um and then we we sort of thrust her into the uh into the formulary track team sort of parachuted her in pretty quickly actually she'd only done a couple of events with us my my first one everybody just so you're aware was monaco he threw me in at monaco just so (laughs) everybody knows no pressure there (laughs) my heart bleeds for you lou the, the thing with formula e is that it is um it's very much a sink or swim sort of thing uh, because Formula E is, uh, I, I say that if a photographer can cope with Formula E, they can do anything. Anything else after that is easy because the the time pressures in Formula E, two practice sessions, qualifying the race, plus driver autograph sessions and uh, meet and greets and fan stuff all happens on a single day. And teams are obviously not going to wait until the following week to get their photos. They need photos after each session, during each session sometimes. So for a photographer, particularly a photographer like Lou, who uh, wants to frame her shots, wants to make sure they look beautiful, wants to come in and edit her shots before giving those to clients, which is absolutely the right thing to do in the way that we do things here at Spacesuit, trying to compress all of that into a day and 
navigate your way around a circuit as well. Monaco is one of the easier tracks because it's semi semi permanent, and we've sort of grown up watching it. You kind of know where the different points of the track are. But a lot of tracks in Formula E are temporary street circuits. They're a nightmare to get around for photographers. Um, you know, really difficult. Lots of concrete barriers. Lots of marshals and security guards who suddenly change their minds from day to day or session to session about where photographers are or aren't allowed to go. And in fact, I remember one of Lou's first events, she had uh, the right pass to get into uh, a particular VIP section that she was taking photos in. And the security guard said, no, you know, you're not coming in and had some daft reason for why Lou couldn't go in. Um, and I don't think Lou will mind me saying that. That quite upset her at the time. And uh, it upset mm. me to see her oh, upset. <laughs> um, whereas now, a few years down the line, <laughs> I think if if someone uh, tries to tell Lou she's you know in the wrong place or shouldn't be there, and she is in the right place and she should be there, she it doesn't matter who tells her that. She will absolutely stand her ground and and get that job done. So from, from a self-confidence point of view, I've, I've seen that blossom which is which is amazing and of course from an artistic point of view i mean uh, you know at the beginning of the year lou won um uh, won an award which she was the first female photographer to do so and that's that was picked up and and shown everywhere um on the bbc and and all sorts of other places and and the reason i bring that up is because the the, sh- the one of the shots that really um, nailed that prize was a studio shoot that Lou did for a team called Mahindra, which is um, our first ever team and is an Indian, uh, well, it's an Anglo-Indian team, um, but Mahindra, the parent company, is is Indian. And uh, the team principal, Dilbag, took a chance on Shiv and I all those years ago and gave us our first gig in Formula E. And we've been working for the team ever since. And um, we love those guys. And Lou has sort of adopted that team as as uh, as hers, <laughs> which is which is brilliant. And, you know, they absolutely love her. And um, the uh, Dillbag and also the, the PR manager, Rebecca Banks, there have been absolutely phenomenal with helping to build Lou's confidence and giving her the space that she needs to work. And a prime example of that was at a shoot uh, last year. They invited her in to do a studio shoot. And again, Lou sort of said, well, you know, I haven't done this particular sort of thing before and I'm not sure. And, um, you know, my, my reaction is just normally, well, in the early days, it was a lot more sensitive. Now I just kind of go, Lou, look at all the stuff you've done. <laughs> just you'll mm-hmm. be fine. Just go off and do it. You you know, we've it, if I didn't have the confidence in Lou to go and do that stuff, I wouldn't send her. But I do. Uh, so as long as she feels comfortable, then she can go and do uh, go and do absolutely anything. And she absolutely nailed that photo shoot. The, the images are amazing. It's um, it's the, the Mahindra racing car with a fiber optic cables sort of trailed all over it. And it, it just looks like something out of another world. It looks like something you could only create with CGI or computer graphics. But Lou did yeah, it all. Lou, uh, no, I was going to say, Lou, I've seen the I've seen the photo. And to remind myself, I just I just Googled it quickly then just to have a look. And obviously, BBC News have picked it up. There's a couple of tweets about it. There's there's lots of different things about it. So if you want to go and have a look, if you just type in Lou Johnson's name, an award and photographer, that's how I, I found it. But just talk me through just quickly how how you got that shot. Because, because like Ross says, it is it looks almost like something out of a... It looks like it's been digitally altered. Is, is that the case or, or was it not done like that? Um, it, I mean, I used Photoshop to kind of layer the images together, um, but it is, it's actually quite a simple process. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of long exposures and we use long exposures in photography quite a bit. Um, 
especially if you're trying to kind of do light painting it's just a really civil like sophisticated light painting really and um we kind of you light the car for one frame so that's kind of like you've got all of the details and the basics that you need and then what we did is we just dragged the the cable it involved me being really bossy really um which was something <laughs> that I feel like people maybe not have, had seen that side of me kind of shouting to pull over cables over like 10 second exposures and stuff over different <laughs> elements of the car mm. I was trying to symbolize mm. and kind of show kind of the aerodynamics of the car because that's sort of how we kind of create movement and and I had kind of a really open brief, which was just kind of, we just want to use some fiber optic cables on the car because we think it'll look cool. Can you do it? And I was like, cool, okay. Um, so I spent the day before, the <laughs> evening before, like dragging it over my bed in my hotel room, sort of trying to understand what the cables did and how the fiber sort of reacted and how the light was. Um, and then that that initial shot, that last that shot that everyone sees now is, is um, it's about seven different images where we've just pulled the, the cables over the car. I've just, all I did was just layer them together in Photoshop and that was it. Like it took longer to get all of the frames together than actually kind of, kind of layer them all together. So yeah, it's, it's sort of a bit like I did have to kind of enhance them together, but that's sort of what we do in automotive photography anyway, to kind of get all of the details and long exposures, exposures and stuff. So yeah, it was, uh, I'm still very surprised that it's kind of, gone as far as it has but it's it's nice to uh it's nice <laughs> and well and to represent being the first woman as well to win the award I, I feel like not only does that show how the industry is is trying to change and I don't think you know I, I don't think the industry has changed as far as it can change there's still lots to do but but it's a it's a starting point isn't it how was it for you when you won it yeah I mean um so it's sort of the it's the award that you kind of look at when you're kind of an aspiring photographer. A lot of my now friends have won it, um, and it was something that I looked at kind of kind of going every year, like oh, I kind of want to enter that. And I'd sort of seen it when I was at university, and I thought, oh, there's no woman that's won it. Like I'd love to be the first woman. And and mm. kind of a couple of years ago, I thought maybe maybe I'll enter it. And actually, I don't know whether I've got the images. I don't know. Like maybe I won't. And and then I sort of waited for the results, and I thought, oh god, I really hope another woman's not won it. Like I was feeling a bit competitive, and I was like, I haven't even entered. Like come on now. And then um and I and I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna enter. And I spoke to um to Ross last year about it, and I said, oh, you know, do you think I should enter? Do you think I should do something? Like I don't really want to. And like. When it was one of those things, very predictably down to the wire, sort of Ross ringing me going, just do it. I want to see the PDF now. Come on, like <laughs> put it together. Um, and, uh, and I really needed that, actually. Um, and I and I entered it and I, and I won and they they rang me and um, I just couldn't quite believe it, really. Um, I just like, I was like, what? Is, what? And they were like, oh, you know, you, well, congratulations. And I was like, what? What? I don't understand like I really had sort of not only forgotten that I'd sort of done it but also just kind of entered it and went well I'll I'll enter again next year like I'll I'll put a bit more effort into kind of psyching myself up for it next year and I'll and I'll and I'll shoot the whole year thinking about this 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 award or whatever and and um and yeah I was really overwhelmed but um I sort of just want to tell women that they can still do it they can do it like it's not a problem I've had quite a few young um photographers kind of uh, talk to me like they've they've either approached me when I've been been at tracks or they've uh, they've emailed me kind of saying you know really like your work like it's really inspiring to see a woman do that job and I think that's if I can do one thing by speaking about my job and that's to just encourage people to follow their dreams depending on whatever you know doesn't matter on their gender doesn't matter kind of on their upgrade upbringing if they want to do something and in some way shape or form me kind of 
doing that helps them sort of understand that they can do it too and give them a bit more motivation then I feel like I've I've succeeded in my in my career <laughs> that sounds really sad, like, no I don't know no it makes sense it does make sense that you know because for yourself you didn't have anyone to look up to you know you you might help someone else come into the industry and that can only be a good thing Russ um let's talk a little bit about your background because I'm I'm conscious we haven't really delved into that um too much I, I, as a a mixed race man coming into an industry like motorsports which is very white um very male so you got one of them well done you take a box um but you know what I mean like what was it like for you what sort of challenges did you come up against or 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 was it not something really that that you were aware of was it always at the back of your mind how how did you sort of come up against these challenges it's it's a difficult question to answer I think um my dad brought me up to never really look at colour as sort of in any circumstance. And I think that reflects his upbringing, the difficulties that my granddad went through. And then um, the way my dad was brought up was to just, you know, put your head down and work and don't make excuses. And if you work hard enough, things will work out for you. And I think that can be a simplistic attitude to a very difficult and nuanced problem. And I think what we've seen, particularly this summer, of course, on the media, uh, through the media, is that uh, racism is an, an embedded part of cultures, not just here, but sort of across the world. Uh, motorsport is a very, <laughs> it's a, it, it can feel like a very strange place to be. And I know when Shiv and I turned up at those first few events, I don't think it ever went explicitly said among us, but we did sort of think, okay, um, we had a fairly, we had a fair few bruising encounters in the first couple of years that were not, as far as we're aware, racially motivated. Uh, but we, you know, we did a good job for some clients and lost some contracts, and the contracts always seemed to go to white photographers. <laughs> white male photographers and we were the only people pretty much um, in the paddock or or certainly holding cameras that didn't really fit that mold and that sort of has continued with you know bringing um, through amazing photographers like Lou and uh, and some of the other female photographers that we brought through that we we don't really fit the motorsport mold Um, I don't think necessarily I'm very proud that we that we look different, uh, that we are different. We're a relatively small company. There are about 22, 23 of us in total in eight different countries. But we've managed to have uh, a female leadership team that's 50% female. Um, and we've produced some amazing uh, photographers, uh, male, female, um, white, non-white, kind of all, all sorts of backgrounds um, across the different countries and the different sports that we work in. So. I think for me, it's I'm sort of more confused <laughs> more than anything that that more motorsport organisations and teams don't have more diversity because we haven't found it a difficult thing um, to do. Um, we're a very inclusive company. I mean, we look at 
you know the work first and foremost the, the photographs that someone produces wh whether they've got that uh, particularly for our academy um, members whether they've got that spark that we want to see um, for them to uh, that, that we think we can sort of help them develop and then we sort of look at but then we do look at who they are after that you know um, and we do want to create opportunities for people that uh, traditionally in motorsport haven't had those opportunities um, everyone that we've ever worked with and worked alongside has always been uh, sort of very nice there are some very hard characters in motorsport but they <laughs> tend to be you know they tend to treat everyone the same and I, I'm actually quite a fan of that I mean you know <laughs> uh, consistency very, is key <laughs> yeah absolutely there's some very straight talkers um, I do think it's significant that our first opportunity was given to us by uh, Dilbag Gill the team principal at Mahindra um, who's uh, who is you know uh, Indian and uh, lives in America and lives partly in America and partly here but um, I, I think he was he's always been very keen to support uh, new entrants into motorsport. Uh, he also comes from outside the motorsport establishment. And again, it's not a conversation we've we've ever explicitly had as to, you know, <laughs> did he hire us because Shiv and I were brown in those first few in those, you know, that, that first event. Um, but the simple fact is he was the only uh, brown team principal and he hired the only brown photographers. And um, so we're, you know, we'll always be eternally grateful for his support. And we didn't necessarily have uh, role models to look to either. Yes, as you say, you know, Shiv and I are both men. So that does make it a little easier from that perspective. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, very difficult to know how much of the uh, sort of difficulties sometimes that we were subjected to uh, was because we were new or was because we were threatening because you know we were producing some good work probably a combination of that in motorsport being a very tough environment very competitive environment um, and how much of it did have some racial undertones it, it it's made me very it gives me a, a different perspective when so as I said sort of Lewis uh, Hamilton and I are sort of very similar ages and very similar cultural backgrounds to, to that extent. And it's been very interesting to see how he's been portrayed in the media and how some of the comments he makes has come across. And I think like him, you know, through my 20s, I very much kept my head down and sort of took that idea of just just get on with the work and, you know, just, just um, let your actions do the talking. And then I think similarly to him in the last couple of years have really started to open my eyes as to the kind of inbuilt uh, bias that there is um, in lots of places and we don't want to point fingers at anyone and we don't want to jump up and down and say things should be this way or should be that way I think where we see our place is creating the most welcoming and supportive environment that we can and then we just hope uh, that uh, various race organizers and uh, teams um, want to work with an inclusive organization such as ourselves. You know, we're not doing, we're not um, virtue signaling. <laughs> we haven't built a company uh, to, uh, you know, off the back of ticking a diversity box uh, in some clients, uh, you know, back office paperwork we've built the company that we want to we've built the the group of people that we think does the the best job in the best way and works together as the best team um and uh 
we just happen to be <laughs> the most varied and inclusive bunch that um that you'll generally you'll see in a in a motorsport paddock and yeah we just hope you know other companies kind of see that and and kind of want want to do that and um we've and we've seen that actually the clients generally speaking the clients that we work for uh stick with us um they keep us uh, they like us um they like the that kind of different perspective that we bring and um and we generally keep them for for uh, for a long time no, that's a very long-winded answer to your question, isn't it? I did say you'd have trouble stopping this one. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's um, it's really interesting. Um, Lou, when people look at your work and maybe don't know who's taken it, and um, are they? Have you ever had anyone that's surprised that a it's motorsport and b that you're a woman? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, uh, sometimes people often. Some people often assume that maybe I call myself Lou Johnson. My actual name is Louise um, because uh, I want I want to kind of like I may not want someone on a piece of paper to know that I'm a woman. That's absolutely not the case at all. It's because I prefer the name Lou, mm-hmm. um, and and it, the fact that it can be a, a name for a man or a woman is neither here nor there, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, yeah, I have had um, people are often kind of when they ask what you know what do you do or whatever they're always really surprised that it's that it's um motorsport and that that I'm even a photographer because actually photography is already is is still a male dominated uh, organization um and if you look at kind of there are kind of big pools of where women are sort of gathering in in photography um in kind of the genres and you kind of get kind of baby photography there are quite a few um uh, women who shoot wedding photography for example and there are fewer that shoot motorsport and automotive there, there are there are still quite a lot of us out there but we're just sort of less well known um and and often like it's it's not necessarily within motorsport I think within um within motorsport people don't tend to like I think that it's better than it was I think maybe because I work in in Formula E primarily and and that's kind of quite a new motorsport I, I haven't worked in formula one so I don't know what kind of like an older with a leg like a legacy sport maybe has like if they if they uh are a bit more surprised about it um or not but uh but normally it's outside of the motorsport world where you say you know I take pictures of racing cars for a living like that's that's mad mostly is what people say to me like really that's a really cool job <laughs> like are you really that's okay like and people from school kind of they will they will say oh I'm really pleased that you did the thing that you've always said that you wanted to do but at school I was the only one who watched motorsport and I and in my sixth form I was in a co-ed sixth form and and I was immediately like oh the guys will watch motorsport with me like well they'll know no even at university there were very few people um within photography and, and my year group who knew and really liked f1 or motorsport or endurance or anything um so I've sort of always kind of kind of walked around with this sort of thing that everyone goes oh it's a really cool job that you do it's really weird it's so different and it's like I don't don't know whether I like it being called really weird like it's a niche thing like I am a bit weird but that's not because of my job like I and um yeah I think I think it'll get there I think it's just because it is it is quite a niche job anyway like to say that you're a motorsport photographer to then say you're a motorsport photographer and you're a woman like it's uh it's always going to be I think it might always have a bit of kind of that's unusual about it, but hopefully not. Maybe I think as well with that that particularly with motorsport that there's so much going on in terms of 
technology, in terms of environmental pressures, in terms of obviously this year COVID, that it is easier for everyone concerned to stick with the status quo. It is difficult to make changes, um, not because the people and the talent um, aren't there and don't exist, but just because changing from one supplier to another or changing from one way of doing things to another, um, it, it can be perceived as difficult. And I think that's something that I'm really keen to try and highlight is that it doesn't need to be difficult and it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be put off, <laughs> um, you know, changing. So, for instance, if someone decided that actually they want to hire Lou, um, I mean, we would rather that they didn't just suddenly say we want a female photographer because it's a female photographer. It's not really kind of what we what we're about. However, if an organization says we really want to create opportunities for people that haven't traditionally had opportunities in motorsport, you know, we're here ready working in motorsport already waiting to bring these people in and what's more not only do we have a great uh, a great selection of amazingly talented photographers already working within the spacesuit family we've got loads more that we want to bring in <laughs> but um, you, like you know we're only a small business we need those opportunities to open up you mentioned sports like f1 and wec well it's those uh, sort of bigger, more established sports that have the budgets. And let's face it, a lot of this comes from budget and comes from money. You know, we can't just decide to send 10 photographers to an F1 race because we want to. We don't have that money. Whereas if an F1 team or the F1 organizers turn around and said, OK, you know, you produce some great work. Let's help you create opportunities for, you know, more female photographers, more black photographers, uh, more whatever transgender photographers gay photographers we're, we're you know here ready and and willing to uh, sort of help facilitate um those and 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 create those opportunities and it, it's a lot more than just a, a sound bite i mean this changes people's lives uh, you know i look back to what i was doing a few years ago well a lot of the spacesuit family um those that are currently still working with us uh, and photographers that have worked with us before uh, in the past they've benefited from our training and our way of doing things and have gone on to work for some major brands and major organizations uh we are you know we we're really it, it, it can change lives it does change lives um it's just about those opportunities and yeah not sticking with the same old, same old change doesn't need to be difficult, but it does need strong leadership that is willing to uh, to take a uh, take a risk. Mo and motorsport, as we know, despite being about <laughs> superheroes on track doing you know two hundred miles an hour kind of wheel to wheel, outside of that tends to be pretty risk averse with a lot of other things. Um, we just, I think, really for motorsport to change and create more of these opportunities that it says it wants to all the all the race series and organizing teams say they want to see you know more people um a, a more inclusive paddock um i think uh in order for that to happen there needs to be just a you know just a bit more um action and sort of looking at where those opportunities could be created and then doing something about it, not just talking about it. You can see the frustration coming from Lewis Hamilton, for example, um, you know, this year in particular. And, you know, we 
we feel his we feel his pain um, when you've got organisations talking on the one hand about the amazing things they're doing with this side of diversity and that side of diversity, and then we're sort of sat here going, well, <laughs> you have the opportunity to hire us, and by hiring us, you are directly creating opportunities for uh, minorities. And because we're an employee-owned business, so we gift our um, our creatives. Uh, shareholdings uh, shares in the business so by hiring us uh, not only is that giving a, a photographer a job for a race weekend or a series of race weekends because they own part of spacesuit it is actually changing their their lives as well in in that um, in that way so it's it doesn't need to be a difficult thing but it does require some bravery to overcome the inertia uh, of the you know, of the current way of doing things. Mm. And finally, Lou, that's what it comes down to at the moment, isn't it? It's bravery from people that might come from a diverse background or or whatever it is, as Ross says, whether it's transgender, whether it's gay, whether it's female, whether it's uh, mixed race, whether it's black, whatever it is, it comes down to the bravery of the people standing up now and going, we can do the job just as well as other people, surely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think there's this sort of this thing of we want we would like to be diverse we we would we agree with it but we're also really scared with this notion of the other kind of that's not normal we don't normally have this and and we're scared about this and we don't kind of know what it is and you know it, it's it's about us being brave as individuals who are kind of trying to show that we can do that but also about people being brave who are in motorsport already already and brave enough to accept change which is something that we say we really want but actually when anyone comes down to change whether it be you know change of job or whatever there's always an element of fear that first day that you go to a new a new job or I go and do a new shoot somewhere like we always feel a bit of nerves and a bit of change and like oh I don't know how this will go well we just need to be a bit braver I think and just kind of take that step and and go with it and see what happens yeah fascinating guys thank you so much for chatting I really enjoyed that chat um it's been really really interesting to hear both your sides it's uh, Lou Johnson who is photographer and creative at, at Spacesuit Media and Ross Ringham as well who's the director guys thank you um it was really really interesting I hope you both enjoyed it absolutely yeah, yeah thanks, for, thank ha- thanks for listening to me rambling <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we'll just edit you out um, there is plenty more on the races website please do make sure you check it out uh, along with plenty of other podcasts from uh, the hyphen race we've spoken to ellen law we've spoken to abby eaton we've spoken to matt bishop so plenty more um if you just want to head over to your apple or your spotify or wherever you get your podcast from and just hit subscribe on hidden voices and you'll just get everything that pops up straight there ready for you to download and listen but for now thank you very much With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.